Yeah, I, you know, I can hear that, dude. Oh, my God. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> dude, I've been in a shop all day long. What have you been doing all day long, uh, Mr. Holman? Just, just an install. Dude, this is one of those days. So people don't think that uh, journalists, magazine guys, whatever, they think you just have stand Mondays. around. They just think you just stand around and it, yeah. uh, and, and journalize. This what do you just, do? Uh, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. <laughs> okay. I mean, we had an earthquake. Mm-hmm. The baby was woken up. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, an hour and a half. And by then, the way, strange earthquake. It was one big just boom. Yeah, I thought it was an explosion. The way it rocked my second story. Yeah, my my wife came and snuggled with me, and she was like, "I hate earthquakes." I'm like, "More earthquakes, please." <laughs> um, yeah, so then the baby was up and then had to get her off to, you know, daycare and then got down to a shop where I was doing an install. Awesome shop, great guys, but we're supposed to start at 9, didn't start till 11. Freeway traffic day, things didn't work, we didn't get the install finished, tried to rush to get up here to, to see you and, and do a podcast and, dude, I'm just thirsty. Yeah. You know, just, we should just, just quenching some thirst there. Yeah. Tell me about the shop. Why why do shops never start on time? What's up I, with that? I, you know, but some do. So, some do. Usually I, it's the journalist I, who's late. Honestly, uh, I mean the last couple that I did where you guys showed up. We yeah. have Jason. No one knows that Jason Gonderman. No, we haven't introduced him yet. Yeah. So. Okay, well Jason Gonderman from uh, Diesel Power is here. Well, Truck Trend. Uh, truck Trend. You're not. Yeah. Oh, Truck Trend. He does everything though. Okay. Yeah. So he's here. I, he's he, he's he, editor in chief of Truck Trend. He, but he keeps changing titles. That's you know, true. Like, yeah, don't say anything, Jason. You don't exist. You're not really here yet. Just like okay. KJ last week, you don't exist. Right. 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 And then we have a fourth guest who also doesn't exist yet. So right, he's sitting on yeah. the uh, what are we calling this? Oh, the casting couch. He's oh, on the casting he couch. was on the casting couch. Luckily, he's moved off the casting couch and he's now in one of our luxury recliners. We should get some bleach for him, <laughs> or, yes. or just spray him with Lysol on the way out. I think uh, we just send him on a uh, uh, give him an acid bath on the way out. That's a good idea. <laughs> Are you in a good mental place to start this podcast? I am, and I'll tell you why. Oh, you ready? Yeah. I'm okay, ready. Just <laughs> check it. So, did you know we have a new sponsor? I heard rumblings of this, but I didn't believe the truth. I do believe it. it starts next week, but I feel like in the interest of over-delivering, we're going to talk about it right this minute. Who is it? Is it, is it, is it really Nissan? Yes, it is. No way! Yeah, so now, starting next week, we'll be known as the Truck Show Podcast Lighting and Holman, presented by Nissan. You know what that is? Awesome. Rad. Yeah, so rad. Totally yeah, rad. rad. So for all of our listeners... Um, all of our many, many, many listeners who made this a convincing argument for an OE to decide to put some money behind it, um, you're going to be hearing some uh, Nissan ads. But uh, Nissan's been great to us, great product. We'll talk about them more. We've talked about them a little bit in the uh, podcast, but new sponsor, man. Man, this speaks volumes about us. Yeah. Like, it almost makes us official on some junk. I mean, almost. not really, but kind of, just at least in our heads. Yeah. Wow. So uh, how about on that note, we start the podcast. Nissan. Thanks, Nissan. Holy, what in the world? The Truck Show, we're going to show you what we know, we're going to answer what the truck, cause truck rides with The Truck Show, we have the lifted, we have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show. Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. That's right. Presented by Nissan, boy. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> Thank you, Nissan. Well, I'm excited about this. No, that's cool. So they uh, are actually going to be our presenting sponsor for like the next 40 episodes. Say what? Yeah, so well into next year. So that means for all of our fans out there who have been listening, yeah. We're here until at least March of next year. So, oh, sorry about that, guys. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about that. My wife's going to be like, 
Wait, so what? That little podcast <laughs> yeah. thing you something happened? Doing, like, wait, it caught on. Someone believes in you. Yeah, like, yeah. Can I tease you with something? Yeah, I'm excited to play some audio that I captured at the Ultimate Callout Challenge in Brownsburg, Indiana, this last weekend. I, I saw it. Ton of pictures and videos from there. Great, but when I play this audio for you, if you don't smile or even if you don't laugh, I retire. That's it. I will retire from this podcast. <laughs> well, I, it's, I think it's that strong. I feel so confident about this audio that when I was editing it earlier, I had uh, Mike and Jason here, and they were sitting on the casting couch waiting for your sorry ass to come in. No, they're I not was, here yet. We haven't introduced. Oh, them. that's right. They're not here yet. And I was almost crying to myself. And I know I'm overhyping it, but I think it's I, I think it's that good. All I right. think this audio is that good. Let's call our first guest. All right, cool. So uh, let's do the setup for our first guest. This is Brian Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Jason Gonerman from Truck Trend, we had mentioned earlier. So I guess you are here. Yeah, you're here now. Say uh, hi. Yeah. Say hi. Oh, I get to be here now? Yeah, you're here now. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Here now. <laughs> yeah, Mike's not here yet, but you're here. Okay, good. So uh, this is Brian Williams. He's actually a spy photographer um, for Truck Trend and Four Wheeler. We use them all the time. So anytime you guys are on the website and you see a vehicle in camo a year before, Brian is out somewhere hanging in a tree, behind a bush, or whatever. And we thought it would be pretty cool to bring to you the spy photographer perspective and like tell him a little bit about what it's like to be a spy photographer. Is he your TMZ photographer? Yeah, he's our paparazzi. Right. Truckerazzi? Does he does he not like that? Because I know a lot of photographers do not like that term. I don't paparazzi. Know. Let's call let's him, him let's call him and find out. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Hello? Brian Williams, it's Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What up? What's up, brother? What's up, man? We were just talking. We got Jason <laughs> Gonderman here with us in studio, who you know Jason very well. And yep. uh, we were just talking about how uh, you're, you have a weird job, <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't know how to explain it other than you are like a truck paparazzi, I guess. Yeah, there's like uh, eight of us in the world. So I'd say, yeah, pretty, pretty weird, rare job. Yeah, and I, I thought it might be uh, kind of cool for people to hear what it's like to be a spy photographer, and you know, how did you get there? How do you find the vehicles? What's your relationship like with the OEs? I mean, we'll get pictures from time to time where somebody's flipping you off from the inside of a truck. So let's uh, let's get into it. Well, how did you start? First off, were you a photographer, a journalist? Like, how did you get into this line of work? <laughs> no, I uh, grew up in Metro Detroit, so I, I I've always seen them, you know, growing up around here. Um, kind of stumbled onto the job. Uh, worked with Brenda Pretty for the first like five years, and that's I don't know who that is. So, so anybody who's <laughs> in the uh, OE world, Brenda okay. Pretty was sort of like the second generation spy photographer. So, if you ever remember Popular Mechanics back in the day, there's a gentleman by the name of Jim Dunn, and Jim Dunn was sort of like the godfather of of the this spy is, photography this world. This is not the Jim Dunn of Jim Dunn Racing. Different Jim Dunn? No, this is... That's an NHRA Jim Dunn. This is Jim Dunn of uh, taking spy photos. I mean, he actually legendarily bought property next to one of the manufacturer's test tracks so that from his property, <laughs> he could take pictures of prototypes and not get busted. Solid. Right. So, I mean, that's... Brenda pretty sort of learned under him, and then Brian and a couple others sort of learned under Brenda, and Brian's really taking the torch, and one of the guys that we rely on heavily to uh, give us spy photos of future vehicles. And then I call him Grandpa Jim because he's still around. He lives in Metro Detroit. We grab lunch every couple of weeks. That's uh, awesome. I didn't know that you still had a relationship with him. Yeah, we just had Buddy's Pizza a couple weeks ago. Oh, right on. So. And if you haven't been to Metro Detroit, Buddy's Pizza is a thing there. So oh, really? it's, it's pretty good, yeah. How, yeah how, did, how, did, how did this all happen? Um, 
I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't even a, a photographer. Uh, started off with like a point and shoot camera. From there, it was like a Canon Rebel. Um, and now I'm shooting with a Canon 1D Mark II. So it's just kind of morphed. So, so you've upgraded to a uh, $5,000 camera, right? And, yeah, and, yeah. And for <laughs> with you, a $3,000 lens. Yeah, I was going to yeah, ask right. how, how, how much your lens was. So for you, how many years has it been since you started this to make that progression to where you are today? Uh, it's 11 years now. What? But the progression with the cameras and everything, it was it was slow, you know. But was this a full-time gig kind of right out of the gate or was it just a hobby? Yeah, it was a it was a full-time. Well, I was working at uh, DTW as a skycap, believe it or not. Which is the airport and in I, Metro Detroit for right? those of you who, yep. uh, who don't know. The guy that schleps your bags off the curb and gets <laughs> up the money. That's, I was doing that uh, a buck a bag, a buck a bag, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're, if you're generous, five bucks a bag. You know? okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that and I ran upon a, it was like a Mazda CX-9 or a, some kind of Mazda prototype. And then yeah, from there, it just took off. I think within six months, I quit my job at the airport and I was doing this full time. Now, wait a minute. So you saw the car at at the airport? Or did I'm just you... driving home from work on okay. 94. Okay. Yeah. And you, you, you captured the photo, you got it, and then you how did you distribute this photo? Like, ooh, I'm trying to take, have you take us through your your, your, your rise to stardom. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I actually, I told my dad, I was like, hey, I caught this car. He's like, oh, that's cool. He's like, why don't you send it over to Brenda Pretty? Maybe you can make some money off of it. So basically she told me that photo was worthless. It's been photographed a bunch of times, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Crush your dreams then, right there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, well, that sucks. And you're like, screw you, tried, I'm going to get a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually tried contacting car and driver, like, directly to see, like, hey, can I send you my photos? Nobody ever got back to me at that time. But then I shot a Cadillac, nothing. I shot a Ford Focus, nothing. And then finally, I think the first set of photos I sold was, like, uh, the Lincoln uh, MKS, which is... So Whatever. you really were like a TMZ paparazzi. I mean, you yeah, you were yeah. hiding in bushes. And tell me the the most awkward position early on that you found yourself in trying to capture a, a spy photo of a car. There's this tree out by the Milford Proving Grounds, and I used to climb <laughs> up in it. I'm which not is, even kidding. Which is General Motors Proving Ground in in yeah. uh, Milford, uh, Michigan, or thereabouts nearby it's uh yeah on the border of, of milford and brighton yeah so it's on this country road and it's sort of out out in the boonies a little bit and i guarantee you brian's face is plastered all over gm security and you're probably on a first name basis with a bunch of those guys well so the, yeah that's yeah, what i did want to ask have you ever been sued or or kicked off property or tell me because that I if i'm spending millions of dollars trying to keep the debut of a car under wraps, and here's this Yahoo in a tree. <laughs> I'm throwing things at him. Like, I am, because I'm invested personally as an employee of that car company. You know, if I'm working at GM, I'm like, this is my this is my livelihood, this monkey in a tree, you know, is trying to, like, take us down and ruin our but, ruin our PR push. But hold on. Let me give you the flip side of that story. Mm -hmm. and, and Brian will back this up, even myself. Yeah. There are times when an engineer or a PR person will call you and tell you where the vehicle will be and when, and a lot of times they're trying to push an agenda that management isn't sure about or has said no to, and they'll be like, listen, I'm going to give you a tip, go shoot that, and the thing I want you to focus on is this, because we think it's right for the consumer, and we're getting resistance inside. And you can sometimes be their 
worst enemy and other times be their best friends because you'll help make the product better, right, Brian? I mean, I'm sure you've had that happen yeah, before. Yeah, so, so two things. First, first thing, I, I would say that's pretty rare. Maybe happens once a year. And then second thing, back to that tree. The tree is, <laughs> is behind a subdivision, which actually used to be GM property, and they sold it off, and they developed it into a sub. So it's like, you know, semi-private, you know, property. <laughs> gotcha. How high I, up I in mean, the tree you did in, you get? Uh, probably like 15 feet. Okay. So did they, but like I said, that was at the beginning. You know, I was in my mid-20s. I was pretty healthy back then. But <laughs> so did they nowadays, cut down the tree? That's, that's not happening. No, the tree is still there. <laughs> the tree, the they tree just put lives. up more cameras. A lot of, we, you were talking about, Holman, where the, the, the PR people are trying to push an agenda by leaking this vehicle out into, you know, the wild well, of photographers. Right. That happens in Hollywood all the time. Where they, there's an agenda and they call up TMZ yeah. on the sly go, we might have fill in the blank sure. star at this restaurant. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they have like a drug addiction and they need them to get rehab. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Sure. We got Charlie Sheen over here. Dude's <laughs> tripping out. Okay. We can, we can get on it. So, Brian, what's your, uh, what's your biggest coup? Like, what was the one vehicle you shot? The one truck you shot that that blew up, or maybe you were the first guy to do it, or caused a whole bunch of, of awkwardness in the industry. Uh, I would say the first generation uh, F one fifty Raptor. Oh wow! So yeah. I I've got a story about that. And Sean was in on that. Yeah, and so Jason can can back me up. I sometimes joke that if it weren't for me, the Raptor wouldn't exist. And so the why I say that is because I was the very first journalist mm-hmm. to figure out what the Raptor was. And so back... What, what do you mean? So back in uh, in 2007 and 2008, we knew lightning replacement was coming, right? And so somebody had tipped me off, a, a Mr. X type of a person in an anonymous email. But you knew who this person was. No. You no, really no, didn't? No, honestly, uh, Mr. X, right? And so they, <laughs> they said, hey... Are you... No, stop for a second. Are you serious? You really didn't know who yeah, this person was? Yeah, no, I'm was. serious. I never so, buy that. I always feel like they no, no, know no. who it is and they're just trying to... No, no, really? no. Seriously. Had, had no idea. Said that I should look for a code name called Raptor, okay? So for two years, I searched Google searches, I searched forums, and I would find little pieces of chatter about the Raptor. And I was under the assumption that it was the next generation Lightning. So you have to remember, if you take yourselves back to the mid-2000s when this was going on... The economy was sort of in the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. Ford is planning a high horsepower Baja truck, not great on fuel economy, and they're in the throes of determining whether or not they're going to go through bankruptcy. And so during this time, um, Ford had purchased a couple of kits from a company called JD Fab, put them on F 150s, and were driving them around Dearborn. And they had a, uh, I believe it was a Peterson's four wheel off road sticker in the back, kind of trolling us a little bit. No kidding. Spy photos, spy photographers took pictures, sent them to us, and said, What the hell is this thing? And I went, Oh. oh. So what I realized, and what was later confirmed by Ford. Was, by the way, they had to put a sticker on the back for you dumbass to <laughs> no, no. figure it out. We, we would have, we would have gotten it. But it was, it was a total custom Baja uh, truck. Yeah, Sean, we're going to be on the corner of. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. It was a total custom Baja truck. With M plates in Michigan, right? Like there's like ten red flags right there. Got it. Okay, so so we find <laughs> we find out that this thing is going on. We get spy photos from our spy photographers, right. and we start searching. I figure out what it is, and so I'm at uh, January of '08, I believe, at the Detroit Auto Show. I'm out to dinner with the Ford F-150 team, and the '09 F-150, which got redesigned, is about to come out, and I'm sitting across the table from the chief engineer of the F-150. 
I write on the back of my business card, I know, period. I think it's cool, period. Let me know how I can help, period. Slide it across the table. He looks at it, shakes his head no at me, and immediately hands it to the PR person. And I'm like, you suck. Wow. And so I, she walks over to me, and she goes, Sean, you know we can't talk about future programs. And I said, yes, I get that, but I know more than the average bear right now. So here's the deal. Let me have an exclusive. I'll do it on, I'll sign an NDA. I'll do it on your timing. And then we both win. And Ford said, we don't talk about future programs. And hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So at the time, uh, a friend of mine who's now the head of Ford Communications, uh, <laughs> and Brian knows who this is, he was working for a website called pickuptrucks.com. So he and I, I told him, I said, let's share a cab back to the hotel. We get in the cab. I said, here's the deal. This is happening. I know something about a truck. I'm going to post a, a post on fourwheeler.com on Friday evening at 6 o'clock Pacific time. So it's 9 o'clock their time Right. telling everything that I know. And no one can ta- take it down because everyone's gone home. And everybody's no gone contact. home. Right. So, uh, so our, our friend at pickuptrucks.com, who now works for Ford, said, okay, I will share it as soon as you put it up. So I had two things I knew for sure about the Raptor. And I put eight things. The rest were all six things I put on there were guesses. I had eight things total in a four-wheeler blog. And I said, hey, this new desert truck, Raptor, this is coming out, blah, 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 blah. Here's what we think. It was like uh, twin turbocharged V8, long travel, Baja. It's going to be called, you know, we don't know what it's going to be called, but codename Raptor, um, 35-inch tires, and kind of based it off that JD Fab truck that the engineering team had been driving around. By about 9.30, my phone was ringing off the hook. I had people from Ford calling me, telling me, you'll never come to another program. We thought we were friends. How could you screw us? Wow. All this, this is back, this is back in, uh, you know, it's so been at, almost 10 at, years. At this point, you're getting the calls. Are you actually freaking out thinking? No. I, you're not. No, because I'm like, I did my job as a journalist. I didn't use anybody in the industry who has an NDA. I didn't go after any suppliers. I figured out doing my own due diligence. I figured it out by searching forums, and there were loose-lipped Ford employees out there. And so I'm not going to let you bully me. And so long story short, I was on the outs with Ford for a while. There's another gentleman who's now in charge of like advanced global products for Ford that's actually a good friend of mine who I'm still doing stuff with to this day. What had happened, what I'm told from the inside of Ford, is the program was really close to being killed. But what happened was there was so much... The internet blew up about it. And so Raptor was never supposed to be the name of the vehicle. The inter- That was the code name. And if you think about it back in the GT40 and, uh, or GT4, GT days, it was like codename Petunia. And it's like nobody gives a shit about Petunia, right? Because it's like, it doesn't sound it's cool. lame, right? Well, with right. the truck, they named it Raptor for God's sake. So, of course, people are like, whoa, Raptor, what's that? Goes like fire. So, anyway, they're able to convince the brass that, no, look at the internet. And to this day, the best-selling year of Lightning is still worse than the worst year of Raptor. And Ford decided, we're going to build a better truck. We're not going to try and turn a truck into a sports car. And that's how that whole thing started. So uh, my friend who works for Ford still, he came back with the Olive Branch a a while later, maybe a month or so, and he says, hey, you you helped convince the powers that be to to produce the Raptor. We want to invite you back, and you're going to get an exclusive. So my friend who was at pickuptrucks.com got the digital exclusive. I got the print exclusive. He now works for Ford because Ford basically hired him because they were like tired of him scooping stories, which is which is awesome. And the Raptor is still around today. 
But I, you know, they had they were testing out in Anza Borrego. I was told Ford security teams were on the lookout for me. Like it was a big deal for a while. Like I was on the list that Brian is always on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and anyway, so so for anybody who loves the Raptor and loves where that off road, I don't want to say it's all me. It's not obviously, but four wheeler had a huge impact. Do I get impact. like ten percent? Yeah, you get your ten percent for sure. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but four wheeler had a huge impact on making that product what it is today, making that product even come out in the first place. And if it hadn't been for our spy photographer, Brian, who snapped yeah, those photos, <laughs> right, it never would have happened. Wow. So that's now the importance of spy photo Solid. people. True story, too. It I, I, was, was, it, was it that first, did they have that first prototype prior to that story or not? Was I, it still like a mule at that point? I think it was a mule at that point. I think because J- a single J- image. I just had one image. I saw a Baja truck, and I didn't think much of it. It's I a rear a single image. It's a rear three quarter of the red truck, right? Uh, no, it was a rear three quarter of a camo truck. Okay, all right. Yeah. Because the the mule one was like uh, just a hodgepodge together, like oh eight. I think Jason remembers. Yeah, I actually uh, rode in that truck. They did have oh, it prior to it. Yeah, yeah. the oh eight with the JD Fab kit. But not yeah. not the 09 that was eventually going to be not, the Raptor Mule. Not the 09 Raptor Mule. They right. had those 08s with the, uh, yep. the kit on it yep. first. Those were the yeah, ones that they... were running around with fiberglass fenders in yep. Michigan with M plates on it. And you're going, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a good they were, story. They were down in Anza Borrego running around, and we actually knew some of the people that worked on that program down there. Yeah. The special forces that they hired to keep it secret from guys like us. <laughs> yeah. So now, what you, are you joking about special forces, or are you serious? Not even in no, the slightest. No, they had they major have, security. They hired on uh, contractors that were former Navy SEALs. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. I'll tell you, though, that's yeah. those guys, yeah, that's not even a problem. If I <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I busted so many uh, photo shoots in downtown L.A. that they won't even shoot there anymore. Yeah, well, you know. Because they know they'll get photographed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I've seen some of your photos where you're like, you knew what street it was on, so you're on a hotel room on like the eighth floor shooting down on their entire commercial. Yeah, on the roof. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> tell me yep. about tell me about a, a shot that you missed. One that you feel like was the million dollar shot that you wanted wow. and didn't get. Uh the first shots of the mid engine Corvette. That one kind of Ooh. I, yeah. That's still I coming by there. the way. <laughs> yeah. I was up there in the UP because that's where they were testing it. In the where? Um, in the where? Upper Peninsula. Uh, upper Peninsula of Michigan. There's oh, okay. the top part of Michigan, and then there's the uh, the mitten. This gotcha. is this is yeah. the not mitten part. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you have to go across the Mackinac Bridge and that whole hoopla. I was out there for five days, working like 14, 16-hour days waiting for that thing, and they took it out like one day after I left. <laughs> where so where like, were you? Were you sitting? Were you in a, like a tent or what? Uh, there's an airport by the test facility, so I was sitting in like the airport parking lot. Uh, there's a correctional facility nearby, too. He got arrested so that he could take pictures from the jail. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the jail yard waiting. Um, but no, that that kind of, that really sucked. What? It was like one day one day later and another photographer got so it. So what was geez. like the rudest that, that an engineer or somebody testing has ever been to you? So I remember we had one where it was one of our employees. I can't remember if it was Ed or Brett. It was Brett. Uh, Brett Evans at Truck Trend. I think we received pictures from you of a Ram prototype. And the the uh, driver was staring at the camera, and we had published those pictures. Well, the driver was some sort of test engineer who emailed Brett and threatened him, 
and said, you better take these down immediately. You don't have my permission, blah, blah, blah. Well, by the way, he's Was that a- the guy with uh, the sunglasses yes. in the photos? Yes. Yeah, that was the guy. He actually threw rocks. I wasn't there. He <laughs> wow. threw rocks what, at the photographer. Was, too. He wearing was, those, guys. was he wearing those lame aviator sunglasses? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a dude. So, uh, but yeah, he actually threw like rocks. So here's what's funny about that. Vegas is he threatened Brett, but by the way, when you're in a public place, you have no expectation of privacy and people can use your likeness. And that's, right. that's just how it is. He was in a public place. Yeah, because uh, it was a hotel parking lot. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so we actually reached out to our friends over at the car company and we said, hey, this is pretty inappropriate. You know, we're doing our job. You're doing your job. It's Tom and Jerry. That's what we do. It's cat and mouse. It's just, this is this is the way the world works. And this guy yeah. came and threatened one of my guys in an email so what's interesting is we reached out to the car company and and going back to this is how things work and, and there's an order in the world, right? There's decorum that takes place. I heard that he was either fired or reprimanded because he did mm-hmm. not have what they call media training. So people within car companies who don't have media training and aren't part of the PR department or aren't authorized by PR with the handler are not allowed to talk to the press. So the fact that not only did this guy start reaching out to the press, but threatening the press, which they need because you need positive reviews of your car and all that kind of stuff, was a big no-no. And so he was actually, even though he was doing his job in the car, but the car was camoed, the fact that he threatened a journalist actually put his job in jeopardy because there's decorum that happens within this industry, and that's a big no-no. So just kind of an interesting thing for people to go, oh, I had no idea. Like, that's how it was. Like, we're not necessarily cozy with the manufacturers. But there's also an idea of this is how the world works. Right, right. Yeah, right. you also, you, you don't throw rocks at people. Yeah, well, then there's that. <laughs> like elementary school kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah it's pretty funny. Yeah. Have you ever been threatened with physical harm? Um, so a Volvo test in- engineer tried to rip the camera out of my hands. He was like this big Norwegian dude. Swedish dude. I don't know. He was like six foot. Like back in like the fifteen hundreds, he would have been like a Viking or something. (laughs) I was gonna say, I know that you have gone to faraway places. I know Death Valley is a favorite of uh, engineers and in the heat of summer. If anybody's been to Death Valley just visiting the the national park, you will see caravans of camoed vehicles. Uh, there's a famous vehicle that was a prototype that may have alluded that the future vehicle is gonna have aluminum construction that burned down, <laughs> that a spy photographer got pictures of the little aluminum balls after they had towed the vehicle away to prove the vehicle was aluminum. So all of us in the journalist world knew, we had heard rumors that there's an aluminum truck coming, and okay. this one, for it was prototype. For whatever reason, there's hot weather testing, burned down, It's you know it happens, right? But the fact that it left behind little tiny beads and our spy photographer was smart enough to take pictures of the ground, we knew, oh, it's definitely aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it was with Ford, and we had gone to some future product area. And I was talking to the person that makes the panels, those black, you know, panels that hang on and hide the body. I want to say that like they're they're tens of thousands of dollars per vehicle or something. What? Why? I, just there's a company that custom makes those because for, they can be. I right? guess I don't know, but yeah, uh, that guy should give me a pension or something. Seriously. Yeah, right. You're you're, put, you're keeping him <laughs> in business. Look like a 401k. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, you have a you have a very interesting job, my friend, and we appreciate you sharing some of the the mayhem that is your life. <laughs> hey, it was a pleasure. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Where can people follow you on Instagram or, or Facebook, Brian? Uh, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's just at Spy Photographer. At Spy Photographer. There you go. Thanks for carving awesome. out the time for us. Awesome, man. Talk to yep. you soon. Yep. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. What an odd and interesting job. Yeah, right? I thought he would be a cool person to come on because I think, you know, everybody when they're jazzed up about the next truck, 
you know, we do spy photography. Um, Jason will run the photos on trucktrend.com, and we will get hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views sometimes with them. And uh, it's it's amazing. And so I know that people are out there interested. I figured it might be kind of cool to teach people the backstory. Now, a Jason, bit. have you step up to the mic here? Have have you shot any spy photography yourself? Because any you're handy with a camera. I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> you bastard! Hey, Jason, thanks yeah. for stopping by. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you guys. Oh my lord, Holman! Look at the look at the clock. Is it time for inbox? Ah, you're supposed to say what time is it? Then uh, I say, oh, there okay, we go. go. You email, yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, you got some email for me, Mr. Holman? Yeah, we got a we got a few emails. Apparently, our very first diesel episode. Turned out to be pretty popular. Yes, it was. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. So uh, first uh, email is from Sean Fogley, and uh, he says, Steve from Cummins was an awesome interview. Great info and great personality. KJ from Diesel Power was excellent as well. Keep killing it, man. Hope you guys are getting a lot of listeners. Well, so do I. Yeah, that's too. <laughs> well, we have. We have. We're actually, I mean, uh, so many now that Nissan signed on as a presenting sponsor. Yes. Very <laughs> excited about that. Kicks off next episode. Oh, well, you know what? We are we are visiting some success here, which yeah, I'm excited bit. about. Yeah. We're, we're getting some momentum. So I think you've got an email, which is actually the longest of the week, but I think it's worth the read. I was going to read it, but your phone, uh, it's on your phone and it closed. And I don't have an iPhone 10 and it doesn't recognize my face. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, all right. So this one is to Truck Show Podcast gmail.com. I was really happy to hear Holman mention the inefficiency of the coal roller types. In my opinion, dumping fuel out of the back is the equivalent to sticking Pep Boy's fake air vents in your fender. (laughs) (laughs) No one thinks you're fast, but there's a good chance you're cheap. The fact that it really does give our motorsport a bad name will only serve to create more restrictions is what really matters and needs to be explained to these folks. Admittedly, I got a little annoyed at something's lightning said on on emissions, but wait a minute. What? What? Keep reading. Number one, lightning is great, and literally the reason I started listening to the show. Wow. <laughs> Been a fan of his for more years than I can remember on K-Rock. Number two, it's awesome that later in the discussion he pointed out that this isn't his area of expertise, and I think that's a sign of an honest and candid host. Okay, well, thank you. The Can reason- I do the dinger now? Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> this, is, this is, there you go, thank you. All right, the reason I bring that up is because I thought the discussion on deletes was a bit lacking from an enthusiast standpoint. The Cummins rep said it perfectly, that an 06 or older, technically including the first half of 07s, might be the way to go, unless you're looking at a 13 or newer. Fact of the matter is, there are tons of guys who delete their trucks because EGRs and DPFs are really detrimental to performance and MPGs in certain years, who have zero interest in tunes that send power straight out of the tailpipe. There are real tuners out there who set their fueling up with proper pulse width and durations to make real power and burn cleanly and efficiently as a result. I absolutely understand that you guys really can't advocate breaking federal and state regulations, but I just didn't want to see everyone who deletes their truck get painted with the broad brush of coal rollers just because some hillbillies delete their truck to impress their cousin sister by dumping 20 bucks <laughs> of fuel onto the highway. 
As an aside, it seems to me, damn, this is the longest. I, I know it is, but it's good. It's good. As an aside, it seems to me that the majority of folks trying to look like a freight train are actually in pre-DPF trucks. No deletes involved across all brands. Twelve valves, for instance, they're that, incredible motors. That's a really good point because the reality is, is we didn't even touch on that. We sort of talked about the modern diesels. We didn't talk about the twelve valves where you can just turn up the screws and throw more fuel at it. Right. So I think he has a valid point. I think it's it's worth putting out there that we we will concede that we were sort of focused on the modern trucks, but you're right. There's a lot of kids out there who get their first 5, 9, 12 valve and turn up the screws and they go go to town. It's true. You're absolutely right. Point valid, point taken. I think that we could have focused uh, or at least broadened our uh, our focus a little bit in, in that discussion, but I think we were sort of around the, the modern diesels and in the clean diesel era. So I think while our our conversation was, was genuine to what we were speaking of, he makes a good point that we should have included a little broader brush than maybe what we did. If y'all start selling truck podcast decals, I've got a couple back windows just waiting to support them. <laughs> yes. You know what I am going to do, though, Jack? Um, uh, email us again with your um, your address, and I'm going to send you a brand new Truck Show Podcast t-shirt. Is that our first person for the- This is the first person that I'm sending a Truck Show Podcast t-shirt to. Are yes. you actually going to send it to him? I really am. I like that he listens. I like that there's depth in, in his- He's not like, oh, I heard one episode and blah, blah, blah. He's like- Hey, I followed light honestly followed lightning because I, I'm a K Rock guy, but stayed because he likes what we're doing here. I, I appreciate that. All right, so here's our next email. I'm gonna tell you the name. Okay. And you might be able to figure out who she belongs to. I don't okay. All right. Brooke Woofter. Oh, wow. Okay, yes. So I'll I'll read it and daughter, daughter, yeah, yes, okay. Yeah. Daughter to Gary. Gary Woofter. Yes, of, of Fabtech. Of Fabtech. So her title is Fabtech Girl. She says, Hey guys, I love listening to your podcast. Lightning, I think you know my dad. He's the VP of Fabtech, and you interviewed him when you guys went to Moab for the EJS. Anyways, I love your guys' Easter Jeep Safari. Easter Jeep Safari. Anyways, I love your guys' podcast. It honestly helps me learn so much, and it's cool to just listen and to hear everybody you guys have on, like the counterpart stories. You guys are doing a great show, and I'm definitely telling all my truck-loving friends about your podcast, so be ready for some new listeners. Yes. Keep up the good work. Brooke Woofter. Yes, go girl power. Yeah, bring your friends. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, so Brooke, if you want to email us back uh, your information, or we can reach out to your dad, and we'll we can, we'll get I you a shirt. I, too. I didn't make girly shirts. I should, she can wear a men's small. Yeah, yeah. just we'll, we'll send one to Gary as a care package to her. There How about go. that? Perfect. All right, and then uh, we've got one more from uh, our friend Ray R B, who has uh, written us in the past. He says, great podcast. Thanks again, you two. Completely agree with your philosophy and that your get- and that of your guests on rolling coal. From an engineering technical perspective, it's easy to make things happen with lots of fuel and no care for efficiency or the air we breathe and the water we drink. It's an order of magnitude more difficult to burn fuel efficiently and cleanly while doing useful work. My thanks to you two and your guests for sticking to your guns and being responsible and articulate, as well as big picture about the whole thing. Looking forward to the next podcast. Thanks again for what you're doing and the way you guys are doing it, Ray. Nice. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, we appreciate it. Ray's, uh, Ray has uh, sent us uh, quite a few emails since we started and uh, always has constructive criticism, so I really appreciate uh, getting that feedback from you, Ray. Thank you so much. Ray, we're going to reply and request your shirt size. And we will get you a truck show podcast shirt so you can rock it out in the world. Although... Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for my Truck Show podcast t-shirt. I'm not promising you one. I'm promising them to our listeners. I listen to this show multiple <laughs> times every week. All right. All right. You know who's going to get a, a shirt first? Uh, I'm thinking our next guest, who is- Mike Hallmark. Quietly been sitting in studio waiting for us to do something related to him. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's say hi to Mike Hallmark from Hellwig. He's the marketing and international sales manager. Welcome, amigo. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm not a talker, so it's fine. 
All right. See you later. <laughs> Sitting quietly is what I do. Can, can we point out that Mike is officially the only guest we've had on twice? You're right, because you ran into him at Easter Jeep Safari, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yes. And he was in part of our, our interviews, and uh, I was maybe two beers down by the time we met. You, so I was good. I you were, was good. No, but you, no, it was more than that, because you were, you were kind of slurring. I, I you were like, hey, what's up, Mike? <laughs> I understood everything he said. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, so you were drinking as well. Uh no, I, you were, I'm you were on the, the clock. Fifth. I'm going to play the fifth on that one. <laughs> yeah. we, we had vehicles there, so. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I believe that Mike is uh, an employee of the parts department. Is that true? I do believe he is part of the parts department. <laughs> That's so cheesy. i got to stop this kind of radio lingo. Here we go. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools. Wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. So we're in your parts department, and we're spending way too much cash, and the wife's pissed. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I knew uh, you would be. What are they What are they spending yeah. it on? In my parts department, they're doing a load and sway control, so airbags, helper springs, and most importantly, sway bars. So, uh, so Helwig, known for uh, keeping you on the road with a big load. <laughs> is that the, that's not the slogan, is it? <laughs> or keeping your big load on the road? Okay, we actually have okay. a no saggy bottoms policy. But. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, how po- many? Wait, hold on a second. How many silly slogans do you have on the on like on the chalkboard on the on the whiteboard at work? Oh, it, it's all it's all in my head. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're so bad. Got, so you had Dale from uh, LG ECTS here a few episodes ago. We right? did, and I rapped with him yesterday, and he was like, "Yeah, he's like, I had all this stuff in my head." He's like, "But you'll get it." He's like, "You have it." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you've heard every single one of them like thirty seven thousand <laughs> times." So, so I uh, I pulled up late. Sorry, it was one of those days. We talked about that at the beginning of the show, but what I saw outside was a freaking massive Super Duty. Is that the operator? Well, that that is the smooth operator. The yes, smooth. Yeah, operator. Well, it, well, it's just the operator because it is. Uh, it is very tactical. Tell us about a, the truck that is sitting outside that our thing podcast is cool. studio, please. That is a 2017 Ford F350 that uh, we built for the SEMA show. That was actually debuted in Ford's booth at SEMA. Uh, now that is a really prestigious booth to debut in. Yeah, I think a few people know who Ford is. <laughs> no, but yeah. I mean, like that's like one of the bigger yeah. ones. I no, think. I know that. I'm sorry, that sounds ridiculous for people who haven't been to SEMA. It's a really big deal to be in the yeah. Ford booth. Yeah, yeah no, right. I, I totally, totally get what you're saying. Yes, Ford. We all know who Ford is. Absolutely, but, but only the booth. So, only so many cars yeah. can be. Only so many Debut, show vehicles they, can be debuted. In and that booth. they have a huge central presence at SEMA. So anytime the, that somebody's a a part of a Ford build and it's up there, I, that's pretty big. It's a pretty right. big deal. Yeah, they're they're the first. If you come in through the front of the main hall, because there's obviously different entrances. If you come in there, you are the that is the first manufacturer yeah. that you see the, of the big three or. The big multiple now, and I've always gone right into the Ford booth to see who's won. Like, because yeah. they usually award it, I think on the first day, right? First or second day. So there's, you know, you can see the trophies on the dashboards yeah. or whatever, and you're like, oh my! And then you start inspecting really closely to see who won who, what and who why. Who built it? Do I know them? Yeah. You know, why didn't I know about this truck? And tell me about the genesis of the operator. Uh, when it was Tuesday, and I know because we were lucky enough to get an award. Awesome. We, we got a yeah. we got a Ford Design Award for the for the build. So. 
Um, the idea was, well, with Hellwig, everything we do is we're, we are designed to support extra weight uh, and also keep the vehicle planted through turns and make it more predictable. Yeah, so, so you guys kind of counter high center of gravity for people of tall loads. And you guys have your rule breaker Titan XD that you built that has the slide-in camper. So that's another perfect example of where your products come in handy. And then, again, with the operator out here, made to do work. Definitely. Uh, the cool thing about the operator is towing and hauling isn't really the funnest thing. Uh, when you think of it, you think of guys that are driving 55 miles an hour and nobody wants to talk about it because it's, it's all boring stuff. So we said, how, how can we get to our core demographic that will actually grab their attention? Well, you don't do it with the white truck with the white camper on it. So we had the rule breaker. Then we wanted to touch Which was on, yellow, by the way. For, yeah, yellow, and the camper was black. And we'll put those uh, pictures up on our Facebook page, so at Truck Show Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, so then with this truck, we wanted to show uh, how our sway bars can control a top-heavy load in a lifted truck uh, and also catch your eye. So we did a military-esque theme. Uh, we do a lot with the U.S. Armed Forces. We actually supply them uh, with OE-style sway bars. So we've actually outfitted Oshkosh military vehicles, the, the Humvee. Oh, wow. As well. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of our own. We're an American-made company. We're, this is our 72nd year in business. We're fourth-generation family-owned, all-American steel. You uh, haven't been bought out. No. By I mean, some investment company, the no. way that so many have. And I don't know if an offer's ever been put up, but I know that we're still family-owned. Wow. So, Which and, is, and, and a great family, too. Yep. I mean, we know a lot of the people who are over there and the family members who own the business, and they are, like, top-class people. How did the company start, and why are Hellwig products better? Uh, it started actually uh, like all the classic stories in the, the aftermarket automotive industry. Uh, Sean knows, maybe the listeners don't know, but uh, a majority of the shops started in somebody's garage. It was a, a hobby. It was an idea that they had. Uh, they happened to start making product. People started liking it, and all of a sudden they're in business. So somewhere in 1944, uh, making it out of uh, it was Rudy or Don Helwig, I think Rudy was making it out of uh, uh, his garage, making sp- helper springs essentially, which is just a curved piece of metal that was forged. And what they would do during that time, uh, trucks were not prevalent. They would go on the weekends on Saturdays, and they would case people's houses that had cars with the saggy bottom blues, <laughs> looking <laughs> really? a little too low. Wow, so yeah, okay. they, they would knock on the door. Okay. Uh, and then offer to install helper springs. for. They se- were door-to-door salesmen? For $7 in their driveway. No. Yeah. Oh, where, no way. Where did the company start? It was, I believe, uh, Midwest. It was, I think it was Kansas. Okay. I have it all written down. I had it all memorized, and now I forgot it. So. <laughs> it's, it's probably all the Put them on the spot. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, moved out to California, uh, Southern California area, and that's where they really started uh, pushing the sales and really knocking on the doors. It's interesting to kind of a simpler time when people yeah. were doing that. It's That's interesting. So with yep. your with your bro-dozer, with the front being about eight inches higher than the rear, is that considered it's the saggy bottom? You know what? Mine's level, mother. Sure. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, apparently the rest of the world doesn't know what we know in Southern California is that's a pre-runner. Everybody else calls it the, <laughs> the Cali Lean, which I really- Yeah, no, no, mine's me. level. I'm not a fan mm. of the pre-runner thing. I do have many friends that are. That's not me. I have a picture of your truck I will post that shows it not level. Uh, is it is it a Toyo ad? Uh, I, I was know. squatting because I was really on the gas. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. On, on the throttle. On the throttle. Because you have a diesel engine. I do. Okay. It's on the gas is a term, <laughs> dude, cheese. It's a, just a term. Everyone's just on the gas. Do you have Hellwig sway bars? I do not. Why? Uh, because Mike has not sported me a set. Oh, you just expect free product from our no. guests wherever you go? <laughs> At least trade the guy for a you, t shirt. You, you f- 
You put me on blast in front of our guests. No, I don't. I have their factory. Their factory sway bars. Well, I bet that if you were to put some Hellwig uh, product on there, you would notice a drastic improvement in the way that thing handles. All right. Shill for company of guy that's here with us. <laughs> oh, tell, I like this. Hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm good. I'm telling. I'm. It's, but I, I am. The honest question, though, Mike, how are Hellwig products better than, say, competitor? With our, our truck or our solid bars, uh, a vast majority of them are heat treated in hot form. So what that heat treating does is it actually makes it a spring steel. So it has memory. It wants to come back true. Uh, where we can do it and applicable, we make the sway bar three-way adjustable. So it has three different holes in it, which basically you're just changing the effective length of that arm because it's really just two opposing levers. Okay. That's how a sway bar works. Okay. Um, but we take the extra steps to make sure that uh, we're using American steel. It's hot form. It's oil quenched. Um, and then we have the three-way adjustment. So you can fine-tune how much body roll you do and don't want and or how much oversteer or understeer you do or don't want. Solid or uh, hollow bars? That's all solid bars. Okay. Uh, two bars are all CNC cold form, cold bent. So, Mike, I want to ask you about R&D. You guys do some real R&D, but I, I feel like I witnessed some real-life R&D with you up at King of the Hammers. You were you were crawling up, like, the side of a mountain with, with Operator, this massive F-350. And I, I think you trashed some of the tires. That was pretty cool. But the suspension kicked ass. Can you not talk about this? <laughs> oh, yeah, we can talk about it he all day long. Was, uh, did you see the look on his face? Yeah, yeah I know. He was like, don't talk about you're this. You're outing me. <laughs> oh, well, I was just this. trying to figure out which vehicle you are talking about. Yeah, it was, we, you, we, I'm pretty sure it was the operator. I, I took the operator out last year and the rule breaker. year before, we took the rule breaker up to the Chocolate Thunder viewing area Yeah, uh, where I really didn't have permission by the – name that's on the <laughs> swag, swag I just gave you. Right, and gotcha. we, we had the camper, truck on the camper, we drove it up to the top of Chocolate Thunder, which if you guys haven't been out yeah. there, it's a steep hill. It's, sure. a, cra- uh, it's a crazy obstacle, uh, King of the Hammers out in Johnson Valley, California, with the yeah, best name ever. To uh, to take a truck and camper up there, you you don't see it. You never see yeah. it up there. You're insane. And, uh, and I had the marketing guys from Lance Camper who, who helped us with the project with the, the camper. They were with me, and I was like, we're going to the top of that hill. And uh, Bob Rogers over there was like, whatever, man, do your thing. I mean, if you roll it, we'll probably get a lot of exposure. Uh, so we gunned it. We had, to, we had to get on it and got to the top. And we it's had awesome. to camp out. And we partnered with Ninkasi. They gave us they gave us beer, craft beer. And we gave it out top of the Chocolate Thunder, gave them hot dogs. Why don't we stuff. have craft well, beer right now? We need some. It was. I, I have to say, though, it was impressive watching you climb up there because you had uh, at least four or five guys in, in the cab of the truck. And you made it to the very top, but I think it was I think it was Chocolate Thunder. So but it, you didn't you didn't have the uh, you didn't have the camper on it. But it was a massive ass truck where you shouldn't have been. Well, this we're going to segue to now this last year that you're talking about with yes. the operator, right? Which is the 2017 F350 with the four inch Icon lift and the 37s and all that fun stuff. But what we didn't talk about was the custom Sherptech deck on the back that had a Textron side by side mounted to it. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's a it's a side by side hauler, uh, and which is awesome. And with that side by side on top of not in the bed, but on top of the frame rails, essentially, yeah, we took it to the top of Chocolate Thunder, and then we took it all over the desert and drove it at high rates of speed so it could see really we, we do all kinds of engineering testing we know what our calcs are for our bars and our airbags and our suspension but what's the butt testing what does your butt tell you so what would you say is the uh, most under served i guess uh somebody gets a brand new truck of the upgrades you guys make sway bars airbags uh helper springs all those things what are OE trucks lacking? What are brand new factory trucks lacking the most of? Rear sway bar. 
Really? All day, every day. Why? 90, 95% of the trucks on the road do not come with a factory rear sway bar at all. Yeah, are they just uh, saving weight and money? What's yes, the reason uh, that yes, they're scrimping? Yes and yes. Okay. Uh, they need to produce a vehicle that adheres to the safety standards that it needs to meet. Anything that they put on above and beyond that after it meets that safety standards is a waste of time and driving up their bottom line. What essentially they have to sell the vehicle for, they then could put them at a market for their competition. So, so they're they're basically chewing at you. You could buy a $70,000 truck today, pretty easy to do. But to Mike's point, they are essentially saying, without the rear sway bar, we pass all safety standards, and we have a better margin. You throw the sway bar in, now you're eroding you know, that sure, margin, right? Sure, so sure. it's a business play. So you're not as competitive in the marketplace, which in all honesty, I'm very glad that they don't do it because I'm in business, I have a job, and I can talk to you guys about <laughs> right. it. So uh, yeah, hands down is a rear sway bar. Uh, you'd be amazed at the difference in the driving performance of a truck, let alone everybody thinks sway bars when it comes to road race stuff. They're very important. They're important if you're two inches off the ground or you're two feet yeah. uh, above your I feel your like it would height. be even more, the higher the center yeah. of gravity, the, the, the more roll, The roll center of trucks, obviously, a lot higher than the roll center of a car, Jeeps as well. So sway bars are, are a big part of uh, fixing that. It's a night and day difference. It turns it from a, a stock truck to a 7,000-pound race car. The operator that's out front, I drove Angeles Crest on the way out here. For those that don't know, it's a... Very, a wind, a windy it's a motorcycle road, road. Windy road that's right above Los Angeles. Yeah, that motorcyclists take because there's so many curves, and it's it's a, a really fun, fast, if you're on a bike. Not so much fun if you're in a truck that understeers. Which the operator does not understeer or oversteer. It just steers. Super neutral. It, it does well now. It, it feel, It's very planted. Uh, I'm not keeping up with the uh, Porsche GT3s that are out there, but it, it, it holds its own. But you're probably surprising people. Oh, all day, every day, especially yeah. when I get the side-by-side. The side-by-side's not on it right now, but <laughs> I'm driving with the side-by-side. First off, everybody's going, what is this? The yeah. first question is why. Why would somebody even make this? So um, do you have a uh, – is there a fitment guide on Hellwig.com? Yeah, Hellwig Products. Hellwigproducts.com. Mm-hmm. How, how okay. many sway bar applications does Hellwig have? Oh, man, the tough questions. Uh, several multiple. and everything modern trucks and stuff how far back do you go i do anything for american muscle we start with a 65 mustang Mm -hmm. pony cars we do tri-5 chevy all the way up to the brand new uh gm products we do all the new ford mustang the new camaro we do as small as 1965 volkswagen beetle wow and we do as large as uh oshkosh military vehicles so let let me ask you so for people who are listening to the show and they're not sure that they need your product what's a telltale sign that they need a hellwig rear sway bar or helper springs or you know first thing like nah my truck's good maybe it's not what what's a sign when i get that all the time that oh my truck's good i don't need it well everything can be better uh the first sign is what we've already talked about walk out to the back of your truck peek your head under its uh under its skirt or what they call the you know the bed right there and see if it has a rear sway bar if it does not have a rear sway bar which looks like a bent oversized piece of paperclip underneath the, <laughs> the axle, then yes, you automatically need Hellwig in your life. Um, another category we have is our helper springs, which that's our no saggy bottoms policy. If you are a uh, the owner of a construction business, you have a fleet of vehicles that carries a lot of extra weight all the time. You put our steel helper springs on, they're set it, forget it. You adjust them one time, your guys can go beat on them for years and years, and you never have to touch and it. And people, to the to the helper spring conversation, people may say, well, I have overload springs on my truck. I don't need helper springs. But they're different in the fact that the helper spring allows the leaf pack to carry all that weight 
all the time. An overload spring is sort of like an Max. emergency. Yeah, that's right. like that's like I overloaded it at Home Depot with a whole bunch of sod for this five mile trip home. Right. That's that's your overload spring. The guy who has a utility toolbox filled with tools and is hauling concrete in the back, he needs the helper springs. Exactly. If we were around. If we were around on Prohibition, everybody would love this because like <laughs> you could load it up with weight and you, the, the back end wouldn't sag. And right. it helps to distribute the weight over front and rear axles so it's more planted. You don't feel like you're driving a motorboat. Everybody's put way too much weight in the back of their truck, and all of a sudden the steering wheel is suggestive. It is, you're no longer in control. Yeah. You're like, I would kind of, I'd like you to turn right now. You, you, and you know a perfect example of that is people who tow and don't have their trailer tongue weight set up correctly, and there's too much tongue weight, and your front end comes up. Well, when your front end comes up, you're changing the caster, right? And you're also unloading the front end, so your suspension's not riding in the ride zone. And, and damn, is that scary. It's damn, super is scary. scary. I was pulling a trailer, and we were on a bridge in the northeast, and we had a we had a Harley and a sidecar on the trailer, mm-hmm. and it was and someone had loaded it too far towards the tongue. It was a yeah. long, much too long for that for that application, but too much tongue weight. And we're going across a bridge, and it, the bridge is graded. Yep. It's a so the wind comes, and whips through and upwards, and picks the front end of our of our truck up, and so now we're in the middle of the bridge. We have we're actually off off the ground. The front of the truck, the nose is moving left to right about an inch or two inches off the ground. There's no steering at all, and the more we depress the brakes, the higher the nose goes right. into the air. That is scary yeah, because my you're basically you're already loaded with too much tongue weight, and you're causing the trailer, which has the load on it, to push down even Correct. more on the tongue, which is lifting up the front of the Correct. truck. Right, just a V. You're yeah. making a V. You know, we need to have a towing expert on to talk about how to tow correctly because I don't think enough people know how to do that. They don't. We're, we're actually don't tell anybody this. We're actually <laughs> doing an Ask an Expert series with Mark Helwing, our CEO, on going over because he's been doing this for years and years on how to properly load trailers, how to properly put a slide in camper and how to fasten it, all that stuff. Because if you can educate people on how to properly load and set their vehicle, we're all safer out there. Absolutely. Um, I think it's like all dudes just assume they know how to do it. Like, I got this. Yeah. It's just always, I got this. It's the same guy that won't ask for directions and his wife's like, you never ask for directions. I don't need help towing. 40 miles on the wrong road and they're like, no, I'll I'll loop around and we'll figure it out. Right. Well, we've all been there. We've all been that guy. It's true. <laughs> One of the things I love to do go at a camping event, especially King of the Hammers, um, is I like to post up just on the other side of the gate with one of my vehicles, and I have pamphlets. And as they come in, I uh, ask them, how, how was your experience? I'm there like, you go. How, how, how was your driving experience? Yeah. They look at me funny. Or my favorite is when they come in. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're like white knuckled. They're like, oh, <laughs> I, I made it. Yeah, yeah, or their front wheels oh. are off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, it, it's clapped out. And I just go up to them. I look at them, and I go, look, man, I do airbags. I do helper spring sway bars. You know you have a problem. I know you have a problem. And I look right at their wife and hand them the pamphlet and go, I can help you. Here you go. I actually even made ballsy. I actually even made tow and haul tickets for uh, King of Hammers last year. Because with the operator, if those of you that can't see it, because obviously this is a podcast, uh, Google Hellwig Operator. You'll see exactly what it is. I actually went out and I pulled people over. Don't tell the guys. Because uh, we have flashing lights on it. And I... Uh, Super Trooper style gave uh, <laughs> the Hellwig tow and haul violation. Did you have the tight small shorts? I did not do that. Oh, I did thank not, God. I thank not, God. I did not no, go, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did not go full Officer Dingle on him. No, <laughs> no. All right, so Holman, uh, I want to debut my new segment. Since Mike is here, I figured he could play along. All right, I like that. And this last weekend, I was at the Ultimate Callout Challenge in Brownsburg, Indiana. Okay. And it was a pretty cool event. First 
truck pull that I'd been to. They're pretty you know, there's, awesome. There's dyno. There's there's a quarter mile. Yeah. And there's a truck pull. Yeah. And so we wrapped up. We closed up the booth, and we went over there and chilled and grabbed a beer. And it was it was kind of entertaining, I gotta say. And the two announcers were kind of like us, going back and forth, entertaining, but much better looking. Had, right? I, I, I would I could only assume so since we're hideous, <laughs> yeah, right? Absolutely, we're like Medusa. If you look at us, you turn to stone. And so, why am uh, I getting so solid right, right? now? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we we're, were having a good time. And then the girl comes on who does announcements. So. I guess if you're a sponsor of this event, you get a several 15-second uh, commercials. Okay. And they're apparently read live. Pretty normal. Okay, I, cool. I guess Got you just, it. you're at NASCAR, you hear, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, a Pennzoil ad or whatever. Okay, perfect. And, and so she's reading these things. And I think you might be surprised her st- about her style. Because she's super professional? I think just just listen to this first clip. Oh, okay. Area Wow. She's um, very sing-songy. A little sing-songy, right? Yeah. First thing they, they teach you in like radio school is don't be sing-songy when you go up and down on your thing. It was junior college. Do they teach you about that before they teach you about the big radio voice? I think they, at least they try. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't work with her. Okay. And is a franchise distributor of Fort Warner. Gasoline and diesel turbo chargers. Magnet quality replacement parts and for those hard to find specialty and custom machines. For those hard to find. See, I don't know. Hard like, to read it sounds, parts? It sounds like she didn't pre-read any of the commercials. Yeah, it sounds she really live. no idea what she was about to say. Did like, somebody just hand it to her and say, please read this? I don't. I, I can't imagine. Weird. But I was fascinated. And I apologize for the... For the poor quality of the tape, I was sitting back up at the bleachers. There was a, a, a steamroller that was flattening out the track, which sounds like an air raid siren and the whole thing. And I just, I, but I was mesmerized. Mike, have you heard any awesome announcing like this before? Oh, uh, yes. I've been to many trade shows. <laughs> Specialty and custom machine parts. Area Diesel has the answers. Well, I'm glad they have the answers because I have questions about this. Has the answer with their Axis turbocharger and accessory line. Area diesel experts can help you gain horsepower and FPGs with ease on a huge range of agricultural light, medium, and heavy-duty diesel applications with the Ag Diesel So far, so good. She's hanging in there. I can visualize her... Pulling the script in and out of her face as she gets things correct and messes them up. Where she's like, oh, God, I messed so up. So like the ebb and flow, so like the wave dynamics. Here we are. Oh, my gosh, it's getting worse. Oh, that came out of my mouth. Uh-oh, I better slow down. I have performance modules. Area Diesel just opened their newest facility in Indianapolis. Visit them during their expo in Booth D12 after their expo in Indiana, Illinois. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing is, as I was listening, I'm going, okay, she 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 got a hold of the bull, right? Right. She's riding the bull. She got she got bucked off a couple times, but she's grabbing she's that still rope. On. She's, she's still on, on it. And then uh, shout out to Illinois. <laughs> did, she, did she double expo a single expo? Right I think there? she double did expo. You? I think it was almost like a sir sandwich. Uh, sir, yes, sir. You know. <laughs> With Derek Rose taking a... <laughs> I just, wow. I, I couldn't get it. Well, I don't know. There's more. Please 
performance. Innovation, quality, and performance all come together with the right ingredients. Gleason Performance, Freedom Racing Engines, and Oz Tuner provide the recipe you need for your Duramax or Cummins. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me she had a problem saying Illinois, right? Right. But she didn't get Cummins wrong? <laughs> like, I would have expected her to call it Illinois and Cummings, but it's not. It was Illinois and Cummins. So, she got it. All right. I don't, maybe boyfriend has one. I don't know. Uh, uh, oh, man. Convergence and. Uh, Allison. <laughs> Allison's. Engines like our 6.4 liter Cummins. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop the presses. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. Did she just say 6.4 liter Cummins? She did. She did. I'm going to remind you that last week we spoke with Steve Sanders of Cummins and he didn't say anything about a 6.4. Maybe she knows something that we don't. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> Calibrations from Oz Tuners will put you in the finishing touch on your ride and provide you with the driving experience you expect from your diesel. I saved the best one for last. All right. All right. So I'm ready. Fully Dog makes tuning simple. Unleash the power of your vehicle with an all-new BDX tuner. The BDX handheld performance tuner gives drivers the edge they need with the dyno proven tuned files that increase horsepower and torque. While over devices, while other devices. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's rough. That Poor girl. While over devices. Downloads, 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 downloads. You know what it sounds like, and and I I I'm not being mean. I'm totally. I know this is a tough job to read on the fly, but it just reminds me of like every high school English class where somebody is at the front reading their report, and then they're like, you know, multiple mid. Just go through it. You already said it, right? <laughs> if I'm lightning and I'm sitting in the crowd, like you kept going. Like uh, she she had a few stretches where like she had it. It right. was under control, right. right? Ready to go, and then. So you must have, it must have been, you know, she must have flubbed enough times where you knew it was coming, right? Is that what happened? No. I, I rolled three times and got three zingers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she did not fail to deliver. Oh. I'm... For those seeking a monitor, only the brand new GTX Watchdog is now available for Dodge Cummins and has a full five-inch color display with a captive touch. It's quick to uh, start. Did she say... Captive, captive touch? touch? It's capacitive touch. On the Dodge Cummins? <laughs> so that would be 08 and older? Yes. <laughs> it's quick to start and magnetic mount allows you effortlessly mount your monitor key engine parameters. Oh my gosh. You know what that sounded like? That sounded like me and Moab on our EJS episode. No, you know what this was? Do you, do you remember? Uh, oh, I knew uh, parameters. No, but you know, do you remember the reporter that had kind of like a stroke? Yes. That chick? Like, oh my yeah. gosh. But this is like scary. an extended version. It, I mean, I feel bad for it because I know that's not an easy job, but dude. Magnetic mount allows you effortlessly Mounted parameters. <laughs> Mounted parameters. Oh my gosh! All right, so so I kind of feel bad that we're sort of tearing this apart because I'm and in the girls, uh, you know, in her defense, in her defense, 
She's probably going, nobody's ever going to hear this ever again. And there you are, some dickhead sitting in the audience going, oh, yeah? Hold my beer and watch this. Oh, my God. All right. So here's what I want to say. If we have any listeners out there, and I know we've got a ton of Diesel fans out there. If Someone, someone knows her. Someone's right. got to know her. So I, I would like to offer her the opportunity for a redemption moment on the Truck Show podcast. Maybe we can, I don't know, have her read our longest email of the week or something like that, <laughs> and we will give her at least a Truck Show podcast t-shirt. Yes. Magnetic mount allows you effortlessly master monitor key engine parameters. All right, so that was a moment with an announcer. <laughs> a oh, moment wow. with an announcer. A moment with, with an, an announcer. announcer. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for What's New in Trucks? What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ugh. <laughs> Never gets old. Should we do it again so Mike can join in? I feel like Mike didn't know that was coming. No, he didn't. Uh... Oh, I, I I can hit the high notes. I know that, that we need to know. Should we try to get by heart? Oh, let's see. Okay, we have uh, a guest go. challenge. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Wow. We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Limited, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh, all three of us. Oh, man, that's way better with three. We're doing a three, five. It was a triangle. It was creepy. Oh, that was, yeah. Don't ever do that again. That was one of the most horrible. Okay, here we go. All right, what's new with trucks, Holman? Hey, so uh, you just talked about coming back from the ultimate call-out challenge. Yes. uh, just so happens that last week was our uh, first diesel episode with uh, KJ Jones, the editor-in-chief for Diesel Power Magazine. He was great. Oh, KJ was awesome. A lot of valuable insight, and our um, our debate, as we discussed earlier in the email segment about uh, deletes to delete or not to delete, he had some uh, really interesting insight. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. So uh, KJ made a little bit of news this week Uh, on TruckTrend.com. He announced the competitors for this year's 2018 Diesel Power Challenge. So uh, Diesel Power Challenge coming up the first week of June. Uh, And explain how how is it different than Ultimate Callout Challenge? Yeah, so uh, Diesel Power Challenge is sort of the original. Uh, this has got to be going on uh, 10 or 11, 12 years, something like that. Is it like fair now. to say that you guys got robbed? A little bit. Yeah. I-, I would say a little bit, although I think what they're doing, UCC sort of takes some of the DPC uh, foundation, but sort of uh, gets people involved in a different way. So I- I'm not I'm not mad about it or anything. It's, it's good for the industry. It's a- a clearly a-, a great event. I kind of wish we would have thought about that. Uh, but Diesel Power Challenge, the difference is, so just like UCC, it's basically your Olympics of trucks, right? And UCC started because a bunch of jackasses were online talking about shit, and somebody said, hey, let's get you all together, and and I'm calling you out. And that's sort of how it started, and that's cool. Um, Diesel Power Challenge is 10 vehicles, 10 trucks are voted in by the readers, so it's really an event for the readers and of is Diesel that, Power. And is that really legit? Absolutely. It's legit. 100%. Okay. 100%. Voted in by the readers. The event has put it on for the readers. It's always been about the readers. Um, so if you're in, it's because the truck that you submitted got enough interest from your fellow reader and your peers reading the magazine that they wanted you to be And you took online uh, entries or how do people vote? Yeah, their, you vote through the magazine. Or... We actually have, uh, we hire a temp that counts them all out and everything. And I believe- oh, I... That's a crappy job. Oh, horrible. <laughs> Why do you think we hire a temp to do it, right? Um, so I think on trucktrend.com, you can find, I think uh, KJ posted the ballot and the numbers so you can see it was totally legit. 
But uh, if you're interested in Diesel Power Challenge coming up here in a few weeks, uh, and I will be there. So where's that held? Uh, that'll be in Denver, Colorado. Okay. Yeah. What does the altitude do to these trucks? It's got to yeah, it's really awesome. wreak havoc. So, so it's really cool about uh, about the Denver. So we started in Salt Lake City. I think we had one event was in, uh, in Kentucky and Bowling Green. And then everything since has been in Denver. And one of the things we love about Denver is all the people talk at sea level. Gets so screwed at Diesel Power Challenge. It really is that much yes. tougher on the. I engine, mean, people right? are changing injectors on the fly. They're remapping computers. Guys with massive turbos can't get them to spool. So if you watch some of the uh, footage from before, I mean, you'll see guys spraying nitrous bottles into you know compressor wheels and stuff like that because they can't get the altitude. Just doesn't allow them allow them to spool. Do up. companies ATS is based up there? Yeah, right? so we work so, with ATS. Yeah, on so it. do they have an advantage because they're you know what I mean? It's like um, it's like guys who train of, train up eh. in the mountains for a you know for for you know for long distance running or something. Uh, sort of, but uh, ATS has a bunch of consumer events during the year that they do, and so they open their shop hundred percent for the competitors of Diesel Power Challenge. So people will go in early, use their dyno, start tuning. Um, they offer services where if you blow something, they give you a, a great deal to get you back on the road. Um, I've watched people blow out freeze plugs and burn up transmissions. And, you know, ATS is 100% right there. Use the shop. We're open 24 hours during Diesel Power Challenge. They open the shop early for people to come into town and, and start getting used to it. Um, great guys over there. We, sh- we should have them on sometime. Um, but, yeah, I don't know that you get – I think if you're a Denver person, you get an advantage – but I think there's enough help and knowledge base out there that you kind of have an idea at least what your foundational setting should be going into it. So diesel power challenge uh, competitor list up at trucktrend.com. Also this week- are there, Wait, wait. Are there any returns or any surprises? Diesel power challenge, you only return if you've won the year before. And if you've won two years in a row, you're out and we get a fresh new group. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so it's not like uh, Firepunk who just won his, like, I, I don't know. At well, least... he started at Diesel Power Challenge. Like, that's where he got his start. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, okay. LeVon Miller. So he he won uh, and then came back and won again about, what, three or four years ago now. Uh, so he's a, one of the few back-to-back Diesel Power champions and a totally cool guy. Um, I, I'm Moss, you know, totally cool guy. It's great to see him go from a grassroots small shop into being a powerhouse in the diesel industry. Uh, and winning all these competitions, like he's in it to win it. And uh, again, Levon Miller, super cool guy. Got a chance to hang out with him two years in a row. Um, doing some really incredible things at Firepunk. It's interesting. So, dyno numbers from him. Yeah, two thousand two hundred forty-three horsepower uh-huh. out of his truck. Three thousand fourteen. Yeah. Pound feet of torque. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you that being at a track where his truck is competing, you can feel the engine idling. And being on ATS's dyno with him going through, like the compression waves coming out of the dyno cell, like physically is it alter like, your is body. It like NHRA. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, but it's just it's like it, but it's different. It's just the diesel. It's so low and thrummy and bassy, and it's just comes through your. You know, what I mean, it's like you're almost like breathing awkwardly because if you guys could only see Holman doing oh, this. Man. It's like a bear pulling <laughs> through, yeah, like leaning over me. So anyway, diesel power challenge. Uh, also on trucktrend.com this week. Ford put out some pretty cool videos of the all-new Ford Ranger that's coming out, so I know a lot of people are excited, mid-sized market. Um, the truck was developed in Australia and then also here in the U.S., and so they have some torture test videos where they just punish the truck. So Ford wants you to know just how far they went in testing this truck before it gets reintroduced in the United States. Obviously, Ranger has been a beloved nameplate here in the U.S. for a long time. I'm excited to see it come back. These videos are, are fun to watch, and if nothing else, it's gratuitous truck bashing. <laughs> so both on trucktrend.com and fourwheeler.com, we've got spy photos of the all-new 2020 Ram Heavy Duties. 
What? Yeah, this so is this one we've been waiting for, for yeah, a while. Yeah, this is the the follow on to the 19 Ram 1500. Yeah, uh, heavy duty chassis. This is the new 6.7 liter Cummins, which may or may not have a compact graphite iron block, which okay. we were talking about. I, I, I wouldn't admit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't admit it, but we're pretty sure that's what it is. That could come to the table of, of being the first OE around or add a thousand. Uh, foot-pounds of torque, which is awesome. Same fascia as the... Uh, no. 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 So you can't see through. So Brian Williams, our spy photographer who was on earlier, snapped these photos. And it's a crazy... Like, you can tell the softness and sculpting of the new Ram 1500 is in there. But the face is so much blunter and meaner. Really? Yeah, I was worried that that 1500 face wouldn't translate or the new truck might not translate in heavy duty. And I know that these photos have a ton of cladding on them and, and you know, the wrap. Right. But you can see how vertical and tall and massive that grill is, and it makes me feel really good for the new Ram <laughs> HDs. Oh, no, I can't wait to see it. So it's uh, we'll put those uh, we'll put that link up on uh, Facebook and put the photos up on Instagram, at Truck Show Podcast. Perfect. And then uh, just, I, I know we mostly focus on trucks, and we touch on Jeeps a little bit, but I think it's important to, uh, to announce... So the Wrangler JK rolled off the production line, the final one, on April 27th. And so this was one of the most popular Jeeps of all time. If you remember our industry, and we talk about it and, and mention it a lot in the 08 time frame when the market crashed, literally the Wrangler JK saved an industry. It was a vehicle that kept companies in business and, and made us weathered the storm and you know Mike's nodding his head. No, I was going to say yeah, hands Mike. down agreed. They finally listened to their their demographic their customer base. They said everybody said they wanted four doors and a Jeep, so they gave it to them and they were and, it exploded. and they were rewarded heavily. Entering production in 2006 and now lasting all the way to 2018, over 2.1 million Wrangler JKs were oh produced. Oh my lord. 2.1 really? million, yeah. So I mean, I, we've got one sitting outside the studio right now. You yeah. know, I mean, it's they're just they're prolific. Anybody who's in the truck and off-road space, Wrangler JK is a prolific vehicle. Jeep can only hope that JL is as successful. JL is a. It was the most modified vehicle for a few years, correct? Uh, uh, most modified vehicle, basically of all time. Of all time. Yeah, oh, I mean, wow. and if you go, SEMA puts out their list every single year of the most modified vehicles, and Wrangler is the perennial number one that tops Camaro, Mustang, F one fifty. I mean, it's it's huge in this aftermarket industry and the fact that this vehicle came out at the right time. There's always going to be a soft spot, I think, for people who weathered the storm of the economy downturn with the uh, the regular JK. I mean, it's just an amazing vehicle and kind of sad to see it go, but the JL is much improved and pretty cool vehicle. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it does. But uh, regular JK, last one off the production line, April 27th. I want it. The JK? No, no. The last one. Oh, you want the last yeah. one? How about a Constellation price? What is it? What's my uh, price? When I put my Hellwig rear sway bar on, I have my suspension dialed in again. I'll take you out to the desert in my JK, and we'll go fast and have fun. Not really the same. No? I mean, close. Pretty close. Right. Yeah. It's, it's right there. It's, it's, it's like right there. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, you're quite a trooper. You've been uh, you hung in the whole show with us. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, even suffering through our hot as balls gym uh, locker room oh, sauna and, podcast and, and you endured. It's quite the start. <laughs> I'm never going to say parameters. Ever. Right, ever it's going to be parameters. Parameters. <laughs> I got to get them parameters right. So, uh, how can people find you and Hellwig? Uh, simple. They can go to our website, hellwigproducts.com, on the socials, as you like to call it Facebook, uh, <laughs> Hellwig Products, Instagram, Hellwig underscore products, and then our website is hellwigproducts.com. 
Got it. Well, thank you for spending uh, oh, so much time with us. Oh, not a problem. Your eyes are your eyes and ears are, are bleeding. Yeah, thanks I, I for taking see. the uh, three hour drive in LA traffic to uh, to make it. <laughs> and uh, I think he added something to the show. No, I don't. Well, I got a shirt out of it, so no, I'm going to say we, he did. Do I need to bribe you better <laughs> next time? <laughs> Is that it? That's it. We're done? Mike, get out. I'm out. (laughs) Follow Jason out the door. That's right. It is the Truck Show Podcast. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Seriously, though, let's turn on the air conditioning. Yeah, can we? It's just... Why didn't we order pizza? We always forget to order food. We come here hungry and we, punchy. We could have ordered a frozen pizza, and it would have cooked itself in this room. True story. Yeah. So yeah, I can tell you something else that cooked itself in this room, <laughs> but I'll leave it alone.